Jason here from Mindset U, and we're all about bringing new things to the table when it comes to this podcast, because we don't know what the fuck we're doing. There's no rules in this bitch, okay? So we're going to talk about whatever you want, whatever we want, because we're going to spin it and let y'all know what we're going to talk about for 15 minutes. We're going to give you rapid fire stuff. They're the coaches. I'm the everyday guy. I'm going to challenge them because who the fuck are they to tell me what to do? They don't know me. They do know me. They've known me for a really long time, but that's not the point. The point is we're here to give you guys a fun podcast, and hopefully you learn some shit along the way. So join us. Hit us up on Instagram. Message us on Facebook. Send a carrier pigeon. Stop us in the street. Let us know what you want to talk about. I'm all for it. Unless I'm doing something illegal, then don't talk to me. Hey, guys. This is uh, Jason with Mindset You. I'm here with Moses and Arantis. My two loves. <laughs> um, one's wearing very tight clothes for the second time in a row. And uh, we're going to talk about mental health and why he thinks that it's a good idea to wear these extremely tight clothes on days of pods. And just in general. Because I feel like that's not comfortable. For somebody who's so athletic and so flexible, why do you make it a challenge to move? Go. <laughs> They're stretchy. Are, is that shirt's not stretchy. <laughs> that shirt isn't. That shirt. I'm, I'm about to return. Try <laughs> <laughs> like, to do the lights. <laughs> but the way I think about it is like I can rip it if I need to. <laughs> In case of emergency, you rip. Like <laughs> uh, mental health, it's serious. As you guys just found out before when I mentioned that, I thought about killing myself a few times. <laughs> <laughs> you brought it up as a joke, though. No, I didn't. I and mean, then I was like, wait, you really tried? You no, really thought about killing yourself? I was like, fuck. I Rantis, up, have you thought about yeah, killing yourself? Because I, I mask most of my things as a joke. So, I can <laughs> so he can life. say his, re, his truths. And well, no, just, just because, it, one, it's just the way I, it's my coping mechanism. If I, if maybe, I maybe do Maybe that's it, a good thing, coping yeah, mechanism. It's a, it's a good coping mechanism for me because... Um, Working in news for 13 years, and it's a lot of death and despair, you develop a little bit of a dark a dark outlook on life. Um, mm. and, and being funny, I mean, being funny has always been my thing, kind of. But uh, it helped me to be able to talk about certain things I, I would always feel is uncomfortable. But no, mental health is, is serious. And I think one thing that we can not joking around is, is the fact that you're like, oh, I never knew that about you. And it's like, you never know what's in somebody's head kind of thing you never know they could be the happiest people and those are usually the ones if you look at comedians who have killed themselves in the past they're the ones that like you would never robin williams mm. you, you know not knowing him you go oh my god that's the happiest man in the world but you don't realize part of the reason why they are they come off as so happy is because they're battling something on the inside mm. and um it's just a it's just a weird coping ne- mechanism that a lot of people have. And I think that's why when people say, check on your friends, you know, check on your loved ones. It, mm. It's true. It's true because you never know when they might open up. They might actually say something that's, you know, that's like, oh shit, like, are, are you good kind of thing? Um, we're also as men conditioned to always say we are good. You know, mental health, especially in like the, as minorities and, you know, Latin communities and black communities and stuff like that, like, Mental health, you know, ask our grandparents about mental health and see how they feel about it. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, that's still that still exists. It still exists. I coach I coach at North Bergen. And yeah. It's like all these uh, Gen X dudes. Right. So they're like in their 40s and they're all Latino. But they're like 
fucking soft, right? They, like, everything's soft. Yeah, everything's like everything's soft. Being yeah. a pussy, blah, 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 and all these things. Yeah. And I'm like, shit, man. Those are coping mechanisms. Those are all yeah, coping they're mechanisms. All, yeah, my dad, all my life. <laughs> that was for all of us. Los hombres no lloran. Men don't cry. Yeah. Is that why yeah. you laugh? Moses is referring to the fact that I don't cry. Um, And when I get really uncomfortable, talk about coping mechanisms. You laugh. I laugh. Yeah. You see, I just tell dark jokes. (laughs) So I get it. I'm I'm with you on that one. Um, I made Rancis cry. When's the last time you cried? No. uh, Cry from like an emotional. Just cry. When's the last time? When's the last time you cried? He was born. Since the last time I can remember, I was 14. You didn't uh, even cry when your kids were born? No. You are a robot, bro. <laughs> like, <laughs> you are a robot. Um, How are you going to have that kind of facial hair and not cry every now and then? That's wild. Um, that word, the robot thing, has been, yeah, has been used to describe me multiple times. Yeah. Um, which for me now, like the things that I'm learning about myself now are bringing a whole new level of understanding. You know, you guys are talking about autism. I'm definitely uh, neurodivergent in that sense. And because of that, a lot of the things that I do are making sense. A lot of the things is, that I've done. What is neurodivergent? Neurodivergent is basically anything that has your brain wired differently. So autism falls mm-hmm. under neurodivergence. Uh, dyslexia, which I have. Uh, my son, dysgraphia, ADHD. Those things that... What's dysgraphia? The Dysgraphia is challenge with writing, writing. converting uh, your thoughts or anything into writing. Like Got it. Hand, okay. motor skills yeah, yeah. doesn't quite connect Got it. the same way. Um, so with a lot of the, the things that, that the way I see things, the way I do, the way I perform has a lot to do with that aspect of myself. For example, like I didn't speak till I was three years old, like, and for my, that's not surprising. My, my parents were like, oh, he'll figure it out. (laughs) It's a strong silence. Um, there's a bunch of like little things that I do, but when it comes to like my coaching ability and everything, I think a lot of that stems from my my constant studying of people to know how to behave in a way that's more acceptable, right? Which is called under the paradigm neurodivergence, masking. Accruing data? Yes. Uh, masking is when you're trying to behave in a socially acceptable way. So when, you know, I'm, I'm working with someone or whatever, I'm, I'm able to register so much of their nuanced reaction expressions and things like that because of my life of observing all those things and noticing all those things. So now I use it as an advantage. But also on the flip side, the word robot mm-hmm. has been used to describe me and it, I didn't realize why it hurt so much until recently where it's like, I'm trying so hard to not come off as a robot. Yeah. Like, you don't understand how much brain power I'm using to inflex my voice, to move my hands, to like all of this stuff to appear more yeah. connected in that way. And then I'm called a robot. It's like, shit, you can see right through all this work. Yeah. And it means nothing. 
But is it is it going to the neurodivergence, right? Everything about rebooting your system. <laughs> uh, he's calibrating when he meditates. <laughs> you guys are done. <laughs> Actually, but everything you guys are saying, like, I'm not taking offense to it because I'm Cause like, it's yeah, true. Yeah, it it's just a but funny way of saying it. I was it. going to say, I was going, I just spoke really loud. This probably, <laughs> but I was going to say that. I think, and I think you sent me something along the lines of this, is neurodivergence is more natural than unnatural. It's the idea that society or a human has to function within society Mm -hmm. in a certain way. And when somebody can't understand how society functions in that way, they're considered neurodivergent, right? So like writing and reading aren't, innate skills for human beings like it's a language that we made up symbols that we made up and like why the fuck are we supposed to read them but we read them because it exists in our current modern world so to me it's like neurodivergence is more natural than it is unnatural it's just unnatural because it's not natural to the state that we live in 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 the society that we live in that makes sense and also i think you know going back to like me jokingly calling your robot before, even though I think it's very funny. I think that when you meditate, you're just calibrating. Um, <laughs> it's never going to not think of it like that anymore. Um, I think also when people think like, oh, like you haven't cried since you were 14. Like they think like, I think some people automatically think like, oh, that's like a lack of empathy. But that's not true at all because like you're a very empathetic person. Um, but it's just, so I think that's what really surprised me more. Like I know how empathetic and like how much of a sweetie that you can be. Um, you're the sweetest robot I know. Um, so to hear that you haven't cried since you were 14, it's like, whoa, really? I thought you were going to be like, dude, at least like once a week in the shower. But what makes you cry? <laughs> yeah. What made you cry at 14, I guess? Is it something really fucked up? Cause we don't have to talk about it. But if it's like, oh, I watched Bambi. I'm like, oh, that's beautiful. No, I was, uh, it was a conversation with my mother. Um, I remember, I don't remember what it was about, but Mm -hmm. I was, I was talking to my mother. I got real emotional. I was trying to express something to her and I couldn't like express like what I was feeling. And then I remember it was like, and I hadn't cried before that point for, for a while. So I remember like it bubbling up and I felt so strange. And then like, then I started crying and then I felt like I can express what I was trying to say. So Um, it was like frustration. It was this is yeah, computing. So it was, it was uh, frustration, but also because um, it was it was an emotional experience about feeling like not understood. So I was expressing. I was frustrated because of that inability to be understood, but also the idea of not being able to be understood, not being like able to connect. It feels lonely. Part of it. I can imagine mm-hmm. how lonely that feels, especially as a kid. That's mm-hmm. tough. You know? No, that makes sense. So there's like an arrow window pop up. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's what the laughter is. <laughs> so the, just to, to <laughs> laugh. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the, the laughter, I, I, I don't experience that often. You don't um, laugh often? No. The, the oh. it's, it's like a reaction of something that, that so the last time, like, it, I, I re- remember it really happening, mm-hmm. like, hard body. Um, I lost complete control was uh, when my wife was pregnant with my son. Mm-hmm. She she hadn't told me she was pregnant. 
So <laughs> frame of reference. I don't know what's going on with her. And she's just like frustrated with me and, and saying a bunch of stuff that make no sense. But she's crying hysterically, telling me all this stuff. And like, to use your reference, I can't compute what she's saying. <laughs> I can't compute what she's saying. And is like, oh shit, oh shit. System over I feel it coming from here. And I'm like, oh shit. Uh. And then I'm <laughs> laughing, start laughing hysterically. And it's like, I'm inside of my body that's laughing. Like there's no delete, 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 delete. Communication error. But I'm physically laughing. So you can imagine my wife being emotional from pregnancy. I don't know what the hell's going on. Basically, and <laughs> fire. I mean, pour gasoline on a fire. Yes. <laughs> essentially. Yeah. Yes. Um, before that, it had happened with my sister. She was flipping out on me. Uh, I was a teenager. She was flipping out on me about. I was out with friends, and their friends' parents were calling my house and trying mm-hmm. to find their kids, and they don't know. And I got home really late, and my sister just started like yelling at me, yelling at me, and it happened. And I started laughing, like laughing, rolling on the floor, laughing. She fucking kicked me out the house, <laughs> and like it was really bad. And I'm like, I, I, the next day I'm like, I can't control it. She's like, shut the fuck up, you're full of shit. But that, my wife and I have talked about it, like when it comes up, because it's come up since then, since that time, but that oh, yeah. was like a really bad time. But now I. She knows me, so now I'm like, it's about to happen. It's about to happen. Yeah, yeah. So she. <laughs> but what we talked about is like, it seems to be when I get so like I'm pretty comfortable in 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 all types of emotions, especially with other people. Yeah. Right. But when I cross that chasm of I don't know what to do in this situation, mm-hmm. that's when it happens. So it is like a error. Do, do you ever? <laughs> Do you ever wish that you do cry? Like, do you ever think about, like... Yes. Right? We had this whole thing at the center where everybody's like, Rancis don't cry. Like, and he, he got a little tight about it. Like, he was, like, for two weeks trying to figure it out. <laughs> yeah. No, I can... That's... It's a... I made him tear, though, with the video. Mm-hmm. Remember the video I made in December? Oh, yeah. And I called him Spawn. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I cried watching that video. I called you crying and telling you how much I love you. <laughs> I yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember. Right, so I you did. teared up. I'm For that video, yeah, I got a single little... tear. Yeah. Um, but so going back to Arlene, when Arlene passed away. Mm-hmm. So when we got the news, when they came out and told us, because we had been in the hospital for multiple yeah. days. And like when Arlene passing away, it was like the entire community, like. There was over 500 people in the hospital for Arlene. Yeah. Okay. So when they came out to the crowd of people and told that she has, has passed, everyone, you know, starts screaming and whatever, whatever. I walked away and went to like a corner. Mm-hmm. And the reason why I did that was I was ashamed that I couldn't cry in that moment. I'm like, I feel this sadness. I can't express it. And I'm afraid that I'm going to be judged for not having this reaction. So I walked away. And Johnny, my friend, came came to me. He's like, oh, bro, you don't have to go over here to cry. You you know, you, we're all going through this. You can cry with us. And I was like, I'm here because I can't. <laughs> what I do think happens, and I think now, like, in hindsight, thinking about the team and all the things that, that we said, it was like, Rand says he don't experience emotion. Nothing ever mm. bothers him, and blah 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 oh, blah. Oh no, I've seen stuff bother him. I, it's oh, very yeah. obvious. 
when you get to know him, oh, you you man. you see the things that you you see the human side of anger him. come out. But I think that part of there is no real hold on identity, and I think it's very hard for a lot of people to go into that because of their the level of awareness with their coping mechanisms. Because your coping mechanisms kind of prevent you from really look looking at the things you feel shame with. Because the things that you feel shame with are the things that you identify with at, at a binary level. So then it becomes hard for one to change the coping mechanisms. Um, sorry, I just got distracted. <laughs> It becomes hard for one to change the coping mechanisms when your identity is built in it. Yeah. Right? So, like, Jay's always, <clears throat> unless he makes a conscious effort to see when the humor is actually covering up the shame, he will never get rid of that because he is the kid that is funny and makes jokes. And for him to get rid of that would destroy our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Did I get fired? <laughs> You're no longer our producer. Yeah. We don't need you on the show anymore. <laughs> you took the human out. <laughs> I just want to apologize for calling you a robot without, without yeah, realizing just... the pain that it's caused. But also at the same time, though. You want to use it more? Oh, so much more. <laughs> so I identify with that heavily. So much more. So, you, you don't get offended by it, do you? No, not anymore. He literally just spent 25 minutes talking about how it hurt him. No, I think in the past. In the yeah. past. Know, Who called you the robot? Was it me? No, it was during... I mean, everyone would constantly say it all the time. But it was during a renewed mindset mm. that one of our clients uh, talked about me in that in that way. Mm. Like, mm. that they couldn't... Con- they connected with every, everyone else, but they couldn't feel that connection with me. Because they felt like I was a robot. The funny part is that <laughs> Rancid started to learn all this shit about himself. And then we came in and we're like, maybe you're autistic, right? And this is in all seriousness. Yeah. Because there was a moment that I thought I was like Asperger-ish because I was just going off on everybody. Like I was just... Is that, ri- is that a thing with Asperger's? That the, yeah, you just, short- you, yeah, you just... There's certain judgments that you have about people mm. that you just feel like saying it. Got it. Like, but you have no filter. Yeah. It just like really comes out. Mm-hmm. And you know, when I was at the center with the team, like I went off on people. Like it was good that he was the robot because because there were a lot of emotions to clean up after I <laughs> went through that place. Because <laughs> I was in, a, I was really mean. Um, but then when we started to look into it, he, I guess that's when it started for you, right? You started to look into. Um, whether you you were on the spectrum? No, for me, like the dyslexia came up early on in my coaching career. I had a client who had a son who was dyslexic, and he also was dyslexic. So he was telling me about his son. This is an older gentleman. His son was already in his like you know, I think at the time maybe close to forties. They're telling me about his son. His son was a was a pilot. But everything that he's describing about his son and so on and so forth and like challenges and I was like, yo, that this is the first time I'm hearing of someone that sounds like me. Mm-hmm. You know, th- these are challenges that I have. And my client, you know, was then telling me about his life growing up and now like how he would see things and how that was a hindrance, but he would overcome it. He was a lawyer, 
uh, who's an uh, engineer, and he was a patent lawyer and an engineer. He's like, super hard for me to be able to get to this point. So as I'm hearing about his life and his son's life, and he's telling me, I'm like, I said to him, this, all this stuff sounds so like, like familiar. Like, these are my struggles. Like, you're talking about them, but they're my struggles. And I was like, yeah, you might be dyslexic. Got to check that out. And, and I haven't been diagnosed. And actually, I was talking to my wife about actually going to be diagnosed. But I started doing a lot of research on dyslexia. I was like, holy shit. Like, that moment felt like we talk about connection. That moment felt like there's there's a reason. There's a connection. There's like, oh, there's others like me too, mm-hmm. right? Um and then, like, during that time at the center, this is years forward now, with that that idea of the dyslexia was already there. But then, like, through social media and all those facets, you start learning more. And, and I love that about it because you get to see people's experiences. And with that, you start to see the... Because, you, you know, it's one thing to read something on a document written by, by psychologists saying, and these are the behaviors, and da, 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 right? It's something else to see someone talking about their lived experiences. Yeah. And that, when I started seeing that lived experiences, that was like, oh, my God. Like, there's so many others like me, and that felt like, oh, man, I'm, I'm, I'm not, like, broken and, and different and so on and so forth. There's a reason for this. Yeah, I got all the TikTok videos. <laughs> no, you only got a quarter of them. <laughs> <laughs> this dude would send me videos about neurodivergence. So I'm like, all right, bro, I get it. <laughs> you're on the spectrum. You're yeah. on the spectrum. I get it. I accept Daddy, you. Like, you're not going to lose you. me as a friend. So my last question before we end this wonderful podcast. Don't, don't let my face <laughs> <laughs> think that something terrible is about to come out of it. Out of all the Disney movies that you resonate with, is Wally at the top of it? <laughs> <laughs> Eva. <laughs> Hell yeah, it did. Yeah, it fucking did. That's all you had to say. Yep. Case closed. Thank you very much, guys. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and uh, comment. Um, so this one gets the oil change every now and then. <laughs> we love you. Peace and good night.